I'm Dua Lipa. Dropping the big The hottest music in the city. Hey guys, it's Selena Gomez. Yo, what's up, it's Trevor Day. This is the Bill Radio. Kayla Nation bringing you the news you don't want to hear, but love. Hey nigga, tell them where you from. South side, I'm a south side, in the woods. Nigga stunt, you know I'm saying. Hey nigga, I'm grind. I'm breezy. I make a one knee seven look easy. Fuck that, I made my murder big down. I was a snotty nose, nappy head, dirt palm nigga. Saying I can't wait till I get a little bigger. Had the niggas jump me, pop on my head, thinking I wish I had a gun. I feel a nigga would lay. Took a picture night to the poke me a nigga. Wishing I had a gun so I could smoke me a nigga. So my first five quarter grand pieces in the alley. But busy had the bond to fill a cab, had the caddy. Now those were the days, but crime really paid. The nine milli spray, I got the fuck out the way. Shoot out, shoot out, the bricks went fast. Robberies went bad, the niggas got blast. Niggas kidnapped, true grandpa kid. Came through and shot, bitch, sleepy in the head. You wonder why I got a gun so I can get down for mine. You see that out on the grind all the time. Say I'm grind, I'm greasy. I make a one knee seven look easy. Fuck that, I made my murder big down. It was tangos, jelly shades, boomers, and cornbreaks. Do rag, run away, brass knuckles, switch blades. Ski masks to get paid, new shells to get sprayed. Put rats to get laid, money to get made, yeah. Yeah, I had a dream I was rich. Woke up, broke a gun in my hand, saying, damn, don't call 60 a gram. I got to find me a nigga, blind me a nigga, and say, get up, kid. One for one in your way, pitching me thirsty. Five rounds foaming out the mouth, saying, I don't get off. I'ma lay a nigga out. Now diamonds are beautiful and pearls are precious. I hit you in your bitch, both over your necklace. I'm reckless. I swear to send me drunk or penny. Wipe your blood off the shines, run and sell them to Benny. Fuck with me. The niggas no fool who get busy. Say I'm grind, I'm greasy. I make a one knee seven look easy. Fuck that, I lay my murder big down. Push me, nigga, see what I'm about. Say I'm grind, I'm greasy. I make a one knee seven look easy. Fuck that, 
Radio show broadcasting on the Bill Radio Show throughout the world, and I'm the College Genesis. And welcome tonight. Besides doing this show and and knowing that I'm touching people, the second most thing I love is the sound of my own voice. Okay, I love hearing myself talk. Okay, but I don't like talking, and there's people hearing me but not listening. Okay, it's different between listening and hearing. You can hear me. But you're not listening. Listening means you're paying attention. You're in tune with what I'm saying. Okay? And like I said, tonight's topic, since people want to talk about my stitch this up, okay? Uh, people want to ask me, what do I think about the Kanye West situation with Adidas and all the stuff like this? Okay? Well, tonight you're going to get it. Okay? Be prepared because I am going to spit some fire and brimstone. This is not a pro Kanye hour or two hours this is not an anti-kanye but i'm just going to state the things the way it is okay for the longest time right there has been people in our community influencers from dr heinrich clark to minister farrakhan and others who talked about the role of the jewish community now before i get to that right i'm going to say something right I do not believe in anti-Semitism. I don't believe in holding all Jews accountable for what some Jews do. Just like you cannot hold Black America accountable for what Black America X does. But the thing is, here's the problem. There's Jews who are Zionists. There's Jews who are Orthodox. There are Jews who do not believe in the state of Israel. There are Jews who basically are racist. There are Jews basically who like black people. There's a diversity in that community. But when somebody calls the some Jews out, right? And I think we need to basically say that uh, uh, Jews are on code with each other. And this is what something I've noticed a long time. Now, 
a couple years back, uh, there was a lot of people saying, why is uh, people like Wolf Fuster, Jews, so anti-Israel? There's a lot of Jews in America who side with the Palestinians, who think their community is uh, become the oppressor. There are some Jews who say, despite the fact that uh, 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 what's going on in Palestine, we support the state of Israel, which is rightfully so. I believe the Jews, that's their homeland, and and they should have it. I do not believe in the myth about the black Jews. I do not believe in that. Okay? I do believe uh, uh, Hebrew and all the stuff like this. Uh, there were black people who were Jews, yes, when the tribes uh, left Egypt and everything. There were black people among them. Now, how could we be the Jews, right? And we as Africans are indigenous to Africa. The Middle East and Israel is not Africa. So that does not debunk that situation. And also the Jews, the blacks who went to there were more Hamitic in nature, looking like the Ethiopians and the Kushites and other people, right? They don't share the same DNA or lineages as black people that came through the transatlantic slave trade whose ancestors come from West Africa, Central Africa. So uh, besides the Igbos and some people in West Africa who may have uh, been black Jews who migrate to West Africa, the vast majority of African-Americans and Africans in the diaspora who do not share any Jewish lineage unless you adopt the religion by faith. Okay. You say, I'm a Jew, just like you say, I'm a Christian. That means you just go with it. You just another Jew by faith. There's no such thing as a Jewish race. Okay. So therefore, what Kanye made his mistake was by basically lambasting all Jews, what, what some Jews do. <laughs> the Rothschilds, the Bilderbergs, and all these other people are uh, historically have controlled finance and basically wrote the book on international corporations, international banking, international finance. That is established fact. Okay. The uh, Suez Canal was built out of Rothschild money. Okay. Wall Street banks uh, initially was funded by Rothschild International Banks. The transatlantic slave trade, the corporations that financed it came from this same cabal, the Dutch East Indies Company. So therefore, although they were Jewish merchants, because Jews wrote the, the, uh, the book on credit, international trade, bookkeeping, and stuff like this, and corporations, finance, debt collection, usury, all the stuff like that were mastered by Jewish merchants for hundreds of years. But that does not mean, right, that you can hold all Jews accountable and basically uh, turn a blind eye to the real threat to black people, which is the white Christian Anglo-Saxons, to me, are the most biggest threat to black people, okay? You know, that that's just a, 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 a unmitigated fact, if you're going to go that route. The problem is the black people, we, instead of us, and I'm going to say this in a nice way, right? 
instead of us being complete people like other races of people, we put too much stock in entertainment. And so therefore, if you look at the laws of supply side economics, right? If you keep supplying something, right? Eventually you're going to uh, create a demand for it, more of a demand for it. If you keep creating, if you become the face of music and entertainment, right? And that's the only thing you want to do. Someone's going to come in and say, okay, we can use you. And that's why you had the minstrel shows. That's why you had all the uh, the clowning and the Hollywood stereotypes and the black actors. Why? Because there was nothing else for us to do. So the Jews took the Jews, talent agents and agencies took advantage of a need. Jews basically uh, used blackface and minstrels and and most Hollywood, uh, uh, the first Hollywood uh, 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 movie executives were Jewish. What came from mostly Russian Jews. They basically played into what America wanted. America wanted to, they created this mythical place called America. America didn't really exist until Hollywood. Okay? The idea of America did not really exist. And we as black people bought into the idea of America through the movies and films and stuff like that. You can go see movies like Imitation Life and everything. It's always about black people being more trying to be American when they are not accepted. The Jews in Hollywood, right, created this, uh, pandered to the Anglo-Saxon, right? America is a Christian country. So therefore, Hollywood began gain the confidence of the majority of, of white America. Slowly but surely, they would always make overtures in these movies that was sympathetic to the Jewish cause. And we saw after World War II that that played a good hand in the global uh, Jewish uh, protection or the Zionist movement. Now, what, say, Colin, what are you talking about? What I'm talking about is this. The Jews are in Hollywood. They're playing a delicate game. They, they have to remain racist uh, as far as anti-black and in films. That's why we portrayed the way we were back in the days, right? To gain the credibility of the majority of white people. At the same time, the Jews uh, created a lot of sympathy for themselves. You don't think I'm lying? Put, pull up any old TV show or movie, right? Whether it's Bonanza or Big Valley. And basically pull up where it says uh, the Jewish guy comes to town or whatever like that, right? The Jewish stories is always one of empathy. And that's really all they need, being white in America. That's empathy. You have Jews and they have Gentiles. So therefore, although we uh, it's said that white America is a white uh, Christian nation, if America becomes tolerant or accepting of a people who speak the Jewish faith, which people at the time called Jews Christ killers and everything like that, Jews have enough uh, uh, leeway to live a nice, comfortable life in America. Here's the thing. No matter what black people, how, how much Hollywood tried to uh, 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 change the image of black people in America, right? You cannot walk around America just America because your skin color and your race, right, negates the fact that you're not part of the majority. You're an other. So while Jews at the time, and this is legitimate criticism, right? Jews basically considered themselves a minority group because of their religion. 
there were still white people in America. They could go into circles, move in neighborhoods, and keep their mouth shut, and they basically uh, could um, blend in. This is why when uh, when Jews in the 60s supported the Civil Rights Movement, Jews were the main beneficiaries of the Civil Rights Movement. They were the main funders of the Civil Rights Movement. Why? Because there were still laws, discrimination laws on the books that kept them from fully becoming Americans. Now, what do I mean by fully becoming Americans? So if you basically say, you know, you're going to uh, business loan somebody, someone can ask you, what's your faith? That's, that's, that's discrimination. Well, when if you're a black person and you're going to do a business loan, you don't have to say, what's your race? You're visibly, people can visibly discriminate against you. So although the laws change to be against black people, right, uh, that, 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 that change, right, it didn't do a whole lot to basically uh, to change anything. Housing, discrimination, job discrimination still exists because black people, you are discriminated based on your phenotype, what you look like. And so, therefore, I think what's coming down the pike right now is the long-held belief that black people and Jews are in the same boat, and they're not. And I think this is what's coming out with the Kanye West situation. Jews will swear up and down that they're the best friends of black America. We did this. We did that. We helped you out there. But it was all self-serving. Jews benefit from black people. Malcolm X said this. Jews benefit from black people getting out there doing the legwork for the civil rights movement and all this anti-discrimination laws because they basically don't have to get their hands dirty. And when, when, when asked black people, what did you want in the 60s? Black people said, we wanted to integrate into a plural society uh, from a position of power and strength. We didn't want to beg to be accepted. The Jews put the perception out there through Hollywood. If you think I'm lying, go look at any movie, everything. Look what happened in the beginning of the 60s and look how the black radical movement took on it by the late 60s. Two different things. It came in like a lion and went out. The 60s came in like a uh, lamb went out like a lion, just the opposite. Came in like a lamb, went out like a lion. 60s, the early 60s was about marching, we shall overcome, I have a dream. And then by late 60s, it was black power and all the stuff like this. Many people in the black power movement called Jews their real enemies. Why? Because black people, uh, the idea of black people having power was not on the table. The whole idea is for the Jews was to present black people in a sympathetic cause that these people want to be Americans like everybody else. But for Jews and other people, that's easy. Because when you sit in a room, your phenotype or your genetics is no genetic threat, natural genetic threat to white people, white Anglo-Saxons. So therefore, people could tolerate Jews. They could tolerate Italians. They could tolerate uh, 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 even Arabs and Lebanese that come into America because their phenotype is different. So this is what we want to understand tonight. You know, why I say we have to uh, give Kanye a little slack because the whole thing is this. What is happening is this, right? For the longest time, there are people that make billions and billions of dollars off of black talent. But their culture 
is not at risk. Everything happens at the black man's expense. We look at our music. Our music is now the face of death, destruction, and misogyny to the world. And how do I know this? How do I know this? I look at Afrobeats, Burner Boy, selling out arenas. I look at the Afrobeats, the artists and everything, go around the world, sell out arenas, no violence, no anything, no gunplay, no murder, no anything. But but the richest black people on the planet, right? Everything is about misery, poverty, death, destruction. Who decides that, that uh, death, destruction, and misery should be the face of black America? Now you say, Colin, man, that's not the Jews' fault. Okay, in a way, in a way, I don't believe it's intentional because uh, we cannot co- completely blame the Jews. We got to take some responsibility for ourselves. But at the same time, uh, the Jews put themselves, the Jewish uh, executives at uh, Interscope and Sony and all these other places that distribute music, and uh, and and in Hollywood and everything, the Oscars, the people who wrote Oscars. These people have a powerful uh, position of what gets out there as far as like what what movies black people, what, what the image of black people is, black people are, and what uh, uh, what's the face of black America. We don't control that. We don't have control of the New York Times. The Jews control the New York Times from what, all the major new, newspapers. The Jews control MSNBC. And these people like this. Now, on the hand, people say, "Well, how can you prove that?" They like because, like I said earlier, right? They'll put out Fox News and all these other places, things like that, and they'll say they'll appear right wing. They'll appear liberal. Jews are not either liberal. They're not right wing or left wing. They're Jews first. Jews are not Republicans. They're not Democrats. They're Jews first. So. If you have Jews in the Republican Party, they're Jew first. Jews in the Democratic Party, they're Jews first. It's all about Israel. It's all about Jewish politics. Jews are 2% of the United States population, but they make up uh, uh, most of the uh, 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 disproportionate number of wealth in this country. Disproportionate number of uh, executive jobs, Wall Street jobs, accounting firms, law firms. And so uh, you ask yourself this question, how is that one group of people have so much power? Because that's what they want. Unlike other groups of people, and this is not a Jew bashing night, I'm going to say what things I like about the Jews, okay? Uh, other groups of people, right, have an underclass. They have a poor class. Now, Jews do too. But here's the thing. The Hasidic Jews, the Orthodox Jews, right, they have nothing to do with the Jews of uh, the secular Jews, the secular Zionist Jews, and these other people. They have nothing to do with each other. So when you see a Hasidic Jew going out there, he reads his Torah every day, and he doesn't, you know, the average Jew that, that's Orthodox Jew, he can't even tell you three baseball teams. He can't tell you three basketball teams. They don't even have television. They don't do anything that serves in the modern world. All they do is sing the praises of the Jewish faith and everything like that. They don't get involved in the modern world. 
and many of them basically are opposed to the state, the secular state of Israel. Did you know that? So when we talk about Jews, right, you know, we have to be clear, you're not talking about the Orthodox Jews is minding his business. They go in, the, they, they read the Torah, they, they, they devout uh, in their religion and everything. They're very, very charitable people. They open up uh, hospitals in poor neighborhoods. They have a lot of charity. They do a lot of good things in poor communities and everything. Always been like that. Because I know them. One thing I'm not going to do is lie on a group of people or bear false witness against another people. people. But there's a difference between them and the Jews that uh, uh, run banks and run uh, finance companies and run uh, uh, media and magazines and stuff like this. The secular Jews, the Jews who push abortion, the Jews who push uh, 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 the LGBTQ, you know, and stuff like this. Two different things. People don't realize this, right? In Brownsville, Brooklyn, some of the toughest gangsters that ever lived came out of Brownsville, Brooklyn. Murder Incorporated with Jewish gangsters. And so my point I'm trying to make is this, right? When you say Jews, right? There's a Jerry Steinfeld Jew. A, a Jerry Steinfeld is a white man. When you were to look at it, he may have a Jewish faith. But he's not orthodox. There's people who hide behind their religion. Right? But they're not devout. It's just like somebody saying uh, uh, a rich banker, because he's Christian, you're going to attack Christians. No, you attack that banker or that businessman that did dirt. You don't attack the Christians. Because they're two different things. And I think that's what Kanye uh, made his mistake. He got on there and started talking about Jews. Or thinking that people automatically say, okay, I understand what you're talking about, Jews that run everything, the world and everything, like they run uh, stuff and, and rob black people of, uh, of everything, use black people and everything. People will automatically pivot to, oh, you're talking about that poor Jewish guy that basically got a yarmulke on his head and is going to the synagogue minding his business. You know, instead of say, it's clarifying, I'm not talking about that Jew. I'm talking about people who are racist, uh, Jewish who are racist. If they were white Protestant Anglo-Saxons, you call them on it. Because they're Jewish, right, they're able to get away with stuff that the average white person can't get away with. And and this is what he should have been saying. With, saying. I'm not talking about all Jews. I'm not talking about the Jewish faith, but what he did was disparage the Jewish faith. And so what he did was able to galvanize all Jews together or we're being under attack. That's a common tactic of the Anti-Defamation League and the Brene Brits. And to be perfectly honest with you, right, the Anti-Defamation League of Brene Brits, right, they are a proactive organization. They have lots of money to go after people who they deem are their enemies. If you say something about Jews, they automatically think you're a neo-Nazi. You want to burn their house down. As a as a uh, as a group, as a faith, the Jews have been through a lot of persecution for hundreds of years. So how do you deal with that? You first by deal with that by 
One is stop. We have to stop engaging with people that we should know better with. If you know somebody's a capitalist Jew and he's out for that, right? Let's start cutting ties with these people. Why? Because when it falls apart, right? You cannot go back and say, well, he's Jewish and, and stuff like this because the Jews have done such a good job at, at, at putting their image out there as victims. As soon as you start talking about Jews, they'll start talking about Schindler's List. When Khalid Muhammad talked about the Jews, right, he was taken to a, a, a screening of Schindler's List and he was moved by it. Yeah, I, I, I don't, uh, human suffering and everything. And nobody does. We basically stand with Jews who suffer because as we suffer, we'll never become what uh, uh, our enemies did to us. We're not that type of people. We're not going to become that. But it does not mean people get a pass to exploiting us and using us. I remember a couple of years ago that guy, Don Sterling, the owner, former owner of the uh, Clippers, I mean, the uh, Golden State, no, the Clippers. He basically said, he was uh, basically, uh, what happened was, it's so funny. <laughs> he had a girlfriend. She was like uh, him saying some racist stuff. And then when they fell out, she leaked it to the media. How basically he had a disdain for black people. Saying all the stuff like they don't help each other, like Jews do. Jews help each other. Jews fight with each other. They finance each other. They got each other's back. It's all about team Jews winning. And so... She put that out there, and it called a stir. And then he went, really went after Magic Johnson, because I always thought that uh, Magic Johnson uh, did some uh, did some things. And he said he said that was nothing. And I'm like, wow, you know, he came at Magic Johnson. And so basically, uh, we're going to talk about this, and we're going to talk about how Kanye fits in this, what he should have said, and and basically uh, uh, what. Um, what's the fallout from this? And, and should we support Kanye, right? Or should we basically join in and I'm going to give a similar situation that we're in right now where I think black people are sick, right? Because we basically will throw our own under the bus like we did Bill Cosby and everything like that. But when white people make mistakes, whatever like that, white people are not white. They don't throw their people under the bus like we do, okay? They'll stick with their people, ignore it and everything. Why? Because a white life is precious. A Jewish life is precious to them. You know, so you have to do something really, really bad for them to cancel you. If you're white, Jewish, or anybody, any other race that's important. But if you're black and you screw up one night, oh, we get rid of them and everything like that, you know? You know, so we're going to talk about that then. And I'm going to talk about why is it that that people uh, are so, uh, uh, why is it that uh, people can get away with saying all the nonsense that they say about uh, black women every day, black men every day, and still keep their jobs, still get endorsements. Uh, there's a, a, a ESPN reporter, I'm going to talk about her, come to find out she's a mixed race and she has black male abandoned issues with her father and everything. And so she's always attacking black men by name on her show. Or maybe the Malika or something, I forgot her name. But uh, we're going to talk about that too. 
but they don't get canceled. Okay, so we're going to talk about that in a second. So let's play some music and we'll be right back. My goose got more soul than combat. That's why I can't. They keep calling me, man. They keep calling me. They call my name. I say I can't give it away. Give it away now. I say when, say what, or say how. Okay, between you and me, man, it's all this white rap. I got the power. I just might snap. Bum, 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 bum. Think fast. Cause I'm the Ramadan. Oh, boy, he, oh, he, I'm fat boy. Well, does a child, but now I'm milk like Simulac. Don't have Cinemax, because my cable's pirated. Fuck out with the rhyme, try to spot. Now you fly with it, but that's control. I suggest some soul. Far as I got it, but I have no breath control. So give me a T.O., baby, like um Chris Webber. I got myself together. Now I'm straight. Are you straight? If you straight, then I'm straight. Drop me tonight, just for old time. Say, boom it in your, boom it in your, boom it in your Without a boost, and like, ah, it's like, woof, 
the roof is on fire. It's not a LA riot. I got more hope than a Dolly Green Giant. Buzz is a professor and I'm never faking punk rock. Bad as heavy metal, yet I'm harder than punk rock. So take me to a land I know, not too far away. I got skills like them and I'm coming in a harder way. So keep the crossover. Common is a B-boy. Why you be dragging last? I'll be kicking like Bruce Lee was shown up. Yo, I got the stuff to top the stone. And I am about to explode. What's that mask, kid? That's what you ask, kid. We so catch your body or plastic, but oh no. This was coming with this no glow. Coming from the sky. But yo, I gotta go, go. The go. Check, check, the go. Ha, ha. The go. Check, check, the go. Yeah. Boomin' in your, boomin' in your, boomin' in your jeep. Hey, but it's just that hip when you're pumpin' in your truck. Boomin' in your, boomin' in your, boomin' in your jeep. Come on. Come on, make your sleep. Boomin' in your, boomin' in your, boomin' in your jeep. That was common, so by the pound, booming in your booming and booming your jeep. I missed the 90s, folks. That was the best time period for music and everything like that. It was coming of age, not well, well coming age, but just us, uh, Generation X and everything. And, uh, and this goes to show you what I'm talking about, right? The Jews, people of Jewish descent, right? And I hate using that word Jews because when you say the word Jew, you're basically can be accused of being anti-Semitic, okay? Just like we say the blacks, whatever like that. I would say white people of the Jewish faith or the Jewish background, okay? That's what you have, the American Jew, the white people of the Jewish background and everything. This does not mean that all the Jews who basically mind their business and everything, which is like the vast majority of them, are good, hardworking people. They're living day to day like you are, paying bills. They're not rich. They're not connected or whatever like this. But the Jews who are connected and the people who are uh, uh, who have money and everything, nothing wrong with having money. Okay, but at the same time, right? uh if you we vote as black people right and we get nothing out of our vote our vote doesn't belong to us the only thing you have in a, in a, in a republic that has a democratic process not a democracy we're not a democracy we're a republic but a democratic process is your vote and your vote should go to uh what you feel personally benefits you your vote is basically saying that this is what I see. This is the way I see it. When someone has a message out there, and this is, let me tell you something, folks. Everything, uh, your vote doesn't change anything. All it does is say, uh, when a person says, this is what I want to do, this is what I campaign for, this is my values, I, uh, then you give your vote saying, I agree with that guy. I think that ought to happen. I think we ought to be, be here. I think we should, uh, this is the way the country should go. I give my stamp of approval. Now, if the majority takes the uh, the electorate in that state, you get the electors. Okay, so therefore, I ask the question, right? Black people have been voting for Democrats for generations, right? But who have we we've been voting for? Uh, the Jews dominate the Democratic Party, particularly here in uh, the North. We saw this conflict in New York. Those of us who are from New York remember this. Okay. With Ed Koch and Bob Abrams and all stuff like this. Now, on paper, Jews are our allies. And let me tell you a little story. Once upon a time in Black America, 
when black people came up north, right, the only people who were rent to us were Jews. Many black people uh, uh, couldn't afford furniture. The Jews gave us what? Credit. You could have that TV set in your house. You got furniture. The Jews' car dealerships were the only ones that gave black people a car note. The Jews benefited, also Jews, basically, uh, warehousing flea markets. When I was a kid, we used to go to this place called Gert's Flea Market in Jamaica, Queens, off of uh, uh, Parsons Boulevard, okay? Gert's, my, I'll never forget, my father worked there, right, as a security guard, as a part-time job, right? And I went there, I said, my daddy a cop, police officer? No, he's a security guard, right? And he told me this funny story. <laughs> He told me this funny story um, that uh, he said this guy was robbing the store. He had a stick, right? And the guy, uh, he was like this. And the guy, he goes, hey, go like this. And the guy took the stick <laughs> and chased my father with the stick. That was so funny, man. We're just a funny family, you know. That's a hilarious family. And another story I remember at the Gertz flea market was uh, Gertz and Woolworths. That was combined, Woolworths and Gertz. And I think Woolworths is owned by Jews, too. And these are places where you saw black women and diners and everything. A lot of the diners in New York were owned by Jews. And they would have black people working in the staff, working in the, uh, as uh, cooks and waitresses and stuff like this, you know. You know, we had Carmichael's who was owned by Caribbeans and whatnot, you know. But for the most part, Jews. But anyway, Gertz, i never forget, I was in second grade. And uh, it was Christmas time. We were going to see Santa. And tell me why the Santa Claus is black, right? And I said, uh, it had this black gap in Santa. I go, I didn't know Santa Claus was black. He goes, yeah, kid. And I told him, Santa, I want a big wheel for Christmas. Okay, kid, you got it, you got it. And I said, I said to myself, when I got, didn't get that big wheel for Christmas, I said, that nigga didn't give me a big wheel. Man, I should have known we should have went to a, a white Santa. <laughs> that was my second grade field trip to Gertz uh, Flea Market, you know? Now, what was Gertz? Gertz, just like Zales and just like everything, you're from the New York area and you know these major retailers. This is all the garment industries and the uh, the garment district in uh, Manhattan and the Bronx and all stuff like this are mostly run by Jews. And in flea markets, we black people, we loved our flea markets. You go on Jamaica Avenue. Now, now it's not just Jews anymore. Now the same pattern of flea marketing and selling to black people. Jews had everything. You want a gold chain, gold watch, everything, everything. They knew exactly what we wanted, you know? And they would get rappers to go out there and push different products and everything, to wear hip and everything. We wanted the tracksuits. We wanted the the, uh, the Lee jeans. We only, Jews were there to supply us with everything we need. And and the one Jewish guy, that I was talking about Don Sterling, uh, the Jewish guy said, black people are what? Liquid money. Because all you have to do is basically set up a flea market anywhere in a black area with black, approximately with black people, and they're going to buy you out. My uncle, I was on the phone with my Aunt Lynn, said, my uncle Jr., he's from the Caribbean, he basically opened up a leather store, right? He said, look, the Jews can do it, I can do it, right? He opened up a, uh, he was selling leathers out of his uh, uh, thing. He was coming with the Koreans. In the 90s, in the 2000s, the 90s, the Koreans started moving in. And they follow the same pattern of the Jews, right? You know, you know, black people like spending their money. We like leathers. We like all this fancy stuff and everything. 
We like Gucci. We like uh, 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 FUBU. We like Timbaland. We like uh, 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 what's that guy's name? Uh, uh, um, what's that guy? Uh, what's that guy? Uh, um, uh, Tommy Hilfiger. You know, Tommy Hilfiger put out here as a Jew. You know, he said, "I don't want black people buying my stuff." We still buy his shit. You know, Tommy Hilfiger. We made Tommy Hilfiger rich. So there's always been a relationship between black people and Jews. You know, Jews, black people are, are the biggest cash cow. Jews are the ones who discovered that black America has money. And that's where a lot of Jewish money go, comes from, black America. Now you say, what's wrong with that, Kyle? There's nothing wrong with that, right? We have never been a merchant type of culture. You know, we never did. Back to my uncle, right? So he basically was selling leathers out of his car. You know, leathers and everything like that. My aunt, he was like working a full-time job. My aunt, he was a side thing he was doing. Then after a year, he told my aunt, yeah, I just opened a store. She said, what? What store? Oh, I, I, she said, oh, that leather thing you was doing on the side? Yeah, I got a store now. So he was able to buy a whole inventory, and he had a store on Long Island City. And a couple people working for them. Right there in Queensbridge. They lived, that's when they lived in Queensbridge. They knew Nas. They knew Havoc. They knew all those dudes, you know, were going there. And so, therefore, he said, yo, the Jews could do it. I could do it. So that lasted for a while until one of the girls that were working there started getting eyes from uncle. My aunt made him shut the business down. The rest is history. My point I'm trying to make is this, though. You know, that relationship with blacks and Jews is just is consequential. We cannot forget the fact that the Jewish person was the person that gave us uh, a lot of us our first jobs and and stuff like this, you know, they were the accountant. They were that law firm that uh, uh, that we went to, you know. And so, therefore, uh, um, uh, uh, my parents' first mortgage, beneficial, you know. And uh, the Jews sold us our first house. Real estate company sold us our first house in Jamaica, Queens. So, bottom line is, that's, that's what it is. We had this peculiar relationship between the Jews. And let's let's be honest with ourselves. America was deeply racist, and so when you have a group of people who says, you know, I got your back, right? Jews, they always said nice words about us. You know, we because of the Jews, we had public television, we had a lot of services and stuff like that. You know, it was a kinder, gentler culture uh, that was created between blacks and Jews in New York, in the New York City area. Now, what we lost in that, right, was self-determination and political power. Along comes people like Al Sharpton, Sonny Carson, other people who are telling black people we're fools for uh, letting Jews run black America. Uh, 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 one of the papers uh, that, that did this was the Village Voice. The Village Voice always basically kept black leaders under control. Right, <clears throat> the Village Voice was a Jewish-owned paper, you know, and and people were basically the Jews basically were saying that uh, we basically don't want the wrong black leader in Black America. Uh, now we look at it now, right? We said, "Who are you to the to choose black leaders?" Come to uh, hindsight, maybe they were right. Maybe they could pick leaders better for us than we could pick ourselves. Who knows? 
So that's what we had going on in New York. And it came to a head in 1988 with the Tawana Brawler situation. And then 89 with the Central Park uh, where Jewish media figures were attacking black people. And it seemed like uh, the uh, uh, the city was against black the black community. And the black community was on edge with white community. The white working class, the white elite were together in their so-called domination of who runs New York City. We had the numbers. Black America was the largest ethnic group. The second largest were the Jews. Two largest ethnic groups in New York were black African-Americans. African-Americans and black. Caribbeans and Africans were the largest ethnic group, right? The second largest were the Jews. The third largest was the uh, uh, was the Italians. The fourth largest were the Irish. So you have all these black people in New York, right? But the seat of power in New York was in the hands of whites. Anglo-Saxons were up top. They were the elite up across and everything. And then you had the Jews. They all worked together. <coughs> then you had the, the, excuse me, the white working class. So you had all this racial friction in New York and everything. There's, the city was balkanized and polarized for a long time in New York City. And so, therefore, we never had any real black, real political infrastructure in New York. And so, basically, uh, uh, when people start talking about Democrats, Republicans, the people, black people, were fighting against were Democrats. Mario Cuomo, you know, Bob Abrams, Ed Koch. All these people, Rudy Giuliani at the time, was a de- were Democrats. The Yanko Roosevelt situation in Crown Heights. Ed Koch went out there supporting him, you know, because they were Jew. He hit a black girl and killed her. But the uh, uh, the Jewish elite community rallied around the Hasidic community and everything like that, you know, and people, they, uh, uh, the word I discovered was Goyim. Goyim were, were people uh, who were not Jewish. And we started hearing about uh, words like schmatza. Uh Remember, um, uh, uh, not Jimmy the Greek, it wasn't Jimmy the Greek. It was uh, 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 comedians like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jackie, uh, Jackie, I forgot. His name can't come to me right now. But he made jokes about black people and everything. He was Jewish, right? He made jokes. And then you had people like uh, Don Rickles and everything like that, you know. Uh, we were the butt of the joke where, and stuff like this. So black people like, you know, what are we, why do we have this affection for this group of people? And then, like I say, no matter what the Jews do, and we always were reminded was Jews never lynched with any of us. And the fresh in black people's mind in that time was the horrors that were going on, that went on, that people still remember that at that time. A lot of people still remember lynchings and cross burning and stuff like that. That was in everybody's mind. The Jews aren't burning crosses on your line. The Jews, 99% of black people, you cannot tell them anything about Jews. So, therefore, with that, the Jews uh, also were influential in promoting hip-hop. Rick Rubin. I remember when Professor, this is not anything new, Professor Griff said something about Jews back in the days, right? 
And the heat was so great that Public Enemy had to get rid of Professor Griff. And like I said, which is the history repeating itself, right? People were saying, if you're going to get rid of somebody, you should get rid of Flavor Flav because he's embarrassing. But Public Enemy said it's about the money, so they got they let Griff go because he said some anti-Semitic remarks. But they kept Flavor Flav. <clears throat> the same way we keep uh, YG, Melly, whatever these clowns are, and Young Thug, and Lil Nas X, and all these other people, but you want to get rid of Kanye West. We have not gained anything in 32 years. We're the same stupid Negroes we were back then to today, cowards. If you're going to cancel somebody, let's cancel some of these rappers. I played 50 Cent at the top of the show for a reason. You saw that. You heard that song. I love it, right? Guilty Pleasure. But he's talking about murdering and killing. Is he getting canceled? No. He said, I want to kill a nigga. Now, if that was a white person who said, I want to kill a nigga, what would happen to him? So people say, well, Kanye said anti-black stuff. Is that anti-black? Is what 50 Cent does when he's always beefing with other black men, is that anti-black? This is the college genesis. The chief host of the Voice of the College Nature Radio Show. Do you understand why I'm the college genesis? Do you understand why I'm the chief host of the Voice of the College Nature Radio Show? Because I say things that people don't want to hear. How can you be so hard at Kanye? I just explained to you this is, the relationship with blacks and Jews is very complicated. And he has some good points, but he just didn't articulate it the right way. Or editorialize. Nobody with all the social media platforms we have, nobody said, well, let's examine what he said. Let's do a chronology. They just basically put it, stitch it all together and say, oh, he said this. But I listened to what he was saying. He said, look, you know, and the whole thing about Kanye is, if you believe that Kanye, right, why don't you come to us Pan-Africans and nationalists and start building with us? Leave Hollywood and leave all that stuff alone. I know you got your Kim Kardashian, your kids, everything like that. But leave this stupid world alone. You cannot be a black man, right, and say what you want to say unless it's against other black people. Now, when you are saying things and putting down black people, everything, you will get accolades all over the place. When Kanye was saying anti-black America stuff, everything, everybody, oh, every uh, uh, designer wants to be with him. But you say something about Jews, and not that people don't agree or think of that, but the thought of a black man set with power saying anything to that magnitude is a threat. Not because of what Kanye's going to do. It's just the fact that America will never accept a black man with power and authority saying anything. You know, say you if you're a black man with power, you better be saying, uh, you better be whistling Dixie, saying what they want to hear. You, I've said this on my brother Bamani Tamba show last night. I said, look, man, I can never be nobody's Shaquille O'Neal. Nothing against Shaquille. I love Shaquille O'Neal. I can never be nobody's LeBron James. And then somebody in the chat said, Collar, don't you all know LeBron James? They be attacking LeBron James. Oh, really? I just saw LeBron James on an iPhone commercial. That don't sound like he. He's like that. They love LeBron James. Why? Because he doesn't say anything out of the ordinary. 
he attacks the orange man. That's right. If you attack the orange man, you're in the good graces with these people, that the people with power in this world. As long as you're attacking the orange man, you can do whatever you want to do. <clears throat> the moment you start attacking this one group of people, it's not just the Jews, right? It's all the people that purport to be black people's friends and benefactors. When you attack those people, right, you you have just now made yourself sworn enemies. Because the whole thing is this. And people don't understand something, right? As long as it looks like you're buying into America and buying and, and, and making this thing called gradualism. Gradually, we're going to get rid of racism. Gradually, we're going to come together. You're okay. But it's the day you start rejecting the status quo. And the status quo has black people on the bottom, death, destruction, mayhem, homosexuality. Now, I saw a video the other day where they're doing openly doing homosexuality. A guy had a, a dress on. They're pushing homosexuality and, de- and, uh, and obesity and all this. Lizzo, as long as you're going along with this nonsense, black men putting on dresses and all stuff like that, as long as you're going along with this and everything, you are fine. As long as you're attacking other black men like 50 Cent do, you know, when they're having beefs and everything, you are fine. You slap a black man at the Oscars, you will be fine. But the moment you step out of line and talk against them. Now, you could talk against uh, Trump and the orange man and everything. They don't care about that. (laughs) But the people... Who think it's their right to rule and make the rules and 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 uh, control everything? As soon as you attack that core group of white people in this world, you will be destroyed. And that's what Kanye did. <clears throat> now, had, had Kanye basically did something acceptable about Trump, oh, it'd be great. His stocks with Adidas would go out of the, through the roof. You say something about Jews, not just, just Jews, because I said earlier through the last hour, we're not talking about the Orthodox Jews minding the business. We're talking about Jewish people like the Donald Sterlings and all these other people that control uh, Hollywood, that control the media, that control sports and entertainment and everything like that. You go against them. This small, tiny cabal of people control everything. They control politicians. They control everything. You will be destroyed. And they will get your own people to laugh at you, to ridicule you, and distance themselves from you. Same way black people distance themselves from Bill Cosby. Wanted to buy NBC. It's just a network, the studios, right? Imagine that basically him having NBC and we had positive black programming. To this day, we do not have a national television that black America could tune into, like 80% of us watch for our news and entertainment and stuff like this. We have to share space with uh, 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 the white people, you know? There's no black media anymore. We have to basically be on MSNBC, Fox News, CNN. We have to be in their magazine, you know? I'm sure these these anchors really want to say what they want to say, but it's not happening. There's nobody, there's no media outlet, 44, 45 million people 
<clears throat> and we don't have any media of our own. That's a shame. We don't have any real movie production of our own. We got to wait till they give us a Black Panther every four years. We got to wait till a watered down Tyler Perry movie every, every year. There's so many black stories and talent that's not being told. And so, therefore, we have uh, The Woman King, which was bastardized, written by two white women. This is what we settle for. And so, therefore, uh, some people would say, you know, what's the big deal and everything? I want to know what it's like to be in power. You know, I want to know what that's like. The Latinos got Telemundo that they could uh, 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 run back to. You know, we don't have anything. We really have nothing. We have some uh, black programming here and there. <clears throat> and everything they give us is always negative. We got shows like P-Valley and all sorts like that. And uh, uh, Hulu and all this kind of nonsense, everything that promotes the worst side of, of black America, which I call Black America X. It's almost like the real black America, the silent majority. We don't know who we are anymore. We look at this uh, stuff that we see now. We're like, we, where are we? And I'm going to talk about the next uh, uh, segment. Uh, a friend of mine, we just talked about Afra. Oh, I remember Afra. He was in Baltimore. I'm in North. I said, Afra used to be the biggest thing on the East Coast for black people. Biggest been on the East Coast. Gone. A beautiful African-American a festival. You know, 200,000 people average showed up every year for a four-day weekend, Labor Day weekend. You know, beautiful time period in black American history. People coming out there, the black fraternities, churches, everybody's out there, vendors galore, people, so much food, entertainment and everything, the big stage right on the water. Afram was the most beautiful event that we ever had. But guess what? Clear Channel and Radio One and all these people buy it up. They start bringing this garbage hip-hop music in there, and they destroyed it. Afram was nothing but jazz. It was blues. It was poetry reading. It was uh, reggae. It was just dance music, old school stuff and everything. People, old school bands would show up and everything. And we had a good time. Families were out there. Grandparents, everybody was just seeing it. it was like a black festival. Even white people showed up. Said, wow, this is the real black America. College kids out there. Old people out there. Young people. Yeah, people coming from as far away as New York, Boston, as far away as Ghana and Nigeria showing up to Afram Fest. You know, people coming from the South, man, I'm going to Afram Fest. <clears throat> the city was choked with traffic. You know, you know, the whole downtown area was packed with people. You know, and the waterside. So this is what we're talking about tonight, folks. Who controls our culture? Who controls the direction of black America? We have to talk about this, folks. Mix with, 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 with WDAV DeVille Radio.com. Let's bring it back. Way back. WDAV DeVille Radio.com. Bringing you the news you don't want to hear, but love.
Genesis, the chief host of the Voice of the Colonization Radio Show. Welcome to the second half of the Colonization Radio Show tonight. Uh, we're talking about uh, the situation with Kanye West, the Jews, and Black America, and the direction of Black America is going. And uh, something that I want to play that caught my attention about uh, how we got in a situation right here. And this is politics. 
black people being recruited by the communists in the early 60s, right? The Marxists and communists in the 60s. And I must, before I say that, right, before I share the video, I got to find it first. Well, like I must find it, you know. I can never find these videos, you know. But since I, since I, since I just saved it, it should automatically pop up. It should automatically pop up. I know I saved this video. You know, TikTok has made it so difficult you retrieve videos. Uh, okay, I got it. Okay, let me say something. <clears throat> when, and I don't want to sound uh, like I'm hard on my people. Don't want to sound like that at all, right? But I know our people are just people when black America is a, are good people. But we are led by people who are not good people. <clears throat> people who put evil thoughts in our heads. People put entitlement in our heads. People put bitterness in our heads, in our hearts. People put acts of revenge and, and just basically being nasty. The culture of nastiness, the culture of hatred, and the culture of uh, injustice that we can't wait to. Now, there's this time to hate. When we hate, you hate those things that are not good. Woe be unto those who persecute the righteous. And that's how you know when you live in your last days and times where good is hated and evil is celebrated. Right now, we live in a wicked, evil society. <clears throat> and let me tell you something, to be frank with you. A lot of times, people are successful because somebody before them did something for them and left them with something to build on. While your people, your family <clears throat> didn't make those decisions. That's mine, too. There was nobody setting up trust funds for me and everything like that. I had to make it on my own. But I want to break that cycle. So she didn't break that cycle. Right? And when you see other people succeeding, you get bitter and jealous at the system. You think there's something wrong with the system, not you. So what I'm going to say is this. When someone says we want equality, what's the... What, Equality means equal. There's no such thing as equality in this world. Some people are smarter. Some people are more organized. And they, those people are always going to be ahead. When people promise you equality, what they're doing is saying that we're going to go and, as a mob, take over from the people that succeeded, right? And give to you who didn't deserve. That's what uh, uh, Kim Jong-il did. That's what uh, Mao did. That's what Joseph Stalin did. The Russians who were doing the right thing, farming and everything, successful. The Russian that was a doctor and everything like that, he put them in the fields and everything, right beside the peasants. In, in, in their misguided attempt to get rid of classism. When, a, when the, uh, the same thing happened in Venezuela, you know, you basically pack the Supreme Court in Venezuela and you take the, the state, right, and you say, you know something, uh, 
uh, I understand you're, you're poor and everything, but we're going to use the resources to give everybody money and people don't really have to work or earn it or work their way up anymore. People lose the incentive to do anything with themselves. And so therefore, when those people don't succeed, whatever, they generally look at other people who are successful and blame them for all their problems. Black people do that with Jews. We do that with black immigrants. We do that with Mexicans. We look at other people who do all the things they're supposed to do. They have susus, lotteries. If you see an Indian person working at a gas station, don't be jealous of him. Pity him. Because you know what an Indian has to go through to keep that gas station working? He has to most often live in that gas station for five or ten years. That's the part you don't see. That he's paying back loans and all kinds of debt and everything to get above water. So when you're in there and you say, ah, oh, he's taking all our money and everything like that, he's providing with a service. You're not going to do what the Indians are going to do to make that gas station run. You're not going to have your wife at 65 years old, 70 years old, working as a cashier. You're not going to have your sons and everything unloading st- stuff like that while they're studying in university and not get paid for it. You're not going to do those things. But you want to basically have your uh, Marxist revolution and take from the Indians who worked hard for something. Take from the Jews who worked hard for something. Take from the Chinese merchants or whatever who worked hard for something. You don't see the hard work they did to make that business work. Like I said earlier, we have never been that business community because we don't understand what it takes to work. It takes us having families and, and, and sacrifice. And we don't, we're not willing to do that. So what we have is an entitled group of people in black America who don't understand that their problems, for the most part, are on our own. We refuse to love ourselves. We refuse to build families. We refuse to build relationships. We refuse to do all those things that make uh, business and stuff like that work. And then what we do is we fall right into the trap of the communists. The communists says, if we could throw the great socialism, black people, you'll have a thing. Socialism is going to make it worse. Because all you're doing is putting these misfit white people who basically are using you to gain power. I've been talking about this for the longest time. Now, this one video is going to confirm what I've been saying. Okay. And they were simply using people like me, thousands of us, to make marches and demonstrations. And I began to ask what it was for. I was with the communists, not in the party, but with the communist groups in Los Angeles in 1960, uh, when the party, or 1961, I forgot now, when the party was organizing the freedom rides. Mm -hmm. You thought Martin Luther King did that. It wasn't King. I was with them people. They was all white people. They was all communists, too, to organize those rights. I was with them. Anyway, what happened was, early in 1961, my wife said to me, can't you see what they're doing? I said, what? She said, well, now, look, the communists have you and your friends in the street making all this trouble with these marches and demonstrations. And every time they want to solve the problem, which you've created, they set up a committee in the government, and then they'd get the appointments to the committee. And I looked up, and there they sat. I knew this was happening, but 
you see, sometimes you don't see the connection between the guys in the street and the guys in the government. Right. It's difficult to explain why men in the government would be backing and giving, uh, uh, say, verbal aid and support to movements in the street. It's difficult to understand that until you look up and see another government agency created, another government commission, another government program, and then these professors and their allies who have been backing them politicians get uh -huh. the appointments. Uh -huh. It was a steady takeover. Uh -huh. I was, I so he talked about a takeover, and this is what you had in black America. You know, these people who create the, uh, get, uh, uh, we create the problems, we get out there, march, and do also, same thing will happen with BLM. Now, the white people that's uh, behind Black Lives Matter, right, and that's why Kanye wrote this, with the shirt, White Lives Matter, to get you to think about what's going on. He's telling you that there are white people behind this stuff, right, the BLM, it's just a front, Black Lives Matter, for uh, white people in power. When he put those White Lives Matter shirts out there, he's saying, I'm a black guy doing White Lives Matter, right? It's the same thing. I'm using White Lives Matter to gain power for myself. Kanye was mocking the Black Lives Matter, the power structure, and a lot, that went over a lot of people's heads. The BLM and the people like that, or Antifa and all these people, are white radicals and everything. They don't care about black people. They care about power for themselves. These are the type of white people who have been written off by society and everything. Nobody wants them. They're irrelevant. You know, the white working class rejected them. So the only group of people they can galvanize for any power are the black people and the brown people for, to do their bidding, to create chaos, so they can get on those TV news cabinets. They can get on government committees. They can get on professorships and everything. That's what you have. And that's what Kanye was trying to understand, but we haven't had anybody intelligently look at what he was talking about and why he's saying this. Because the country is still on edge after 2020, the riots that happened throughout the 20. That's not going to go away. If you think you've gained something by that, rest assured, the day of reckoning is coming. And the whole thing is this. We, we as black people... I have not gained from BLM, but white leftists, white LGBTQ, feminists, and all these other people have gained power. And we have to off our blood and suffering. So they got power. We get nothing. But we're sitting around like, oh, what are we going to do? Whatever. Oh, and, and, and now all the, the, the goodwill capital, the political capital, the social capital, that we should be reserving for ourselves so we can step to society and say, we need to do this, do that. Nobody wants to talk because we spent it all. We spent it all in the streets electing Democrats, creating riots in this country. Hunter Biden is a byproduct of our ignorance. Joe Biden is a byproduct of our ignorance. You know, well, countries are burn up. We got to get Trump out of office because it's about to be race riot and all stuff like this. They used us to gain power for themselves. And to look at it, black people are more powerless than we ever have. Look what's going on in Los Angeles. Now the Latinos are shitting on us. They're openly saying, yeah, I say black people ain't shit. And they say black people in Los Angeles uh, make up 8% of the population, but that's 50% of people are homeless. And they call it houseless, unhoused. They call it, you can't say homeless anymore. 
is the word is unhoused. 50% of the unhoused are black in Skid Row in Los Angeles. But black people are only 8% of the population. Latinos, uh, black people have filed so many discrimination suits in Los Angeles uh, against racial abuse and everything, mostly from the hands of uh, Latinos and Mexicans in power or authority. We've gained nothing. We've lost. And this is what Kanye is trying to tell you. Because we keep doing the same thing over and over again and not understanding how to gain power and how to gain this. And those people think that Kanye lost? No. He actually won. The fact that they acted so hard on him and everything came at him like this, dropping him, it's, trust me, it's going to be the undoing. The only thing they can hope for is that people, black people, are so terrified of what happened to him that we fall back in line. That's what it's all about. Because it's not about them, you thinking uh, you're going to do something. It's about you have to have a docile black people in America for America to work. What happens if black Americans are saying, you know something? I like Valor. Let's invite him to our church. When he comes to America, let's uh, invite him to Fifth Avenue Baptist Church. You know, what would that do? Remember the story when Fidel Castro uh, came to America and he spoke at a, a Harlem church? White people went crazy. They said they got a jolt. Castro came up there for a UN and he stopped by in a Harlem church and spoke to a black congregation. Rush Limbaugh went crazy. The right wing went crazy. The left wing went crazy. How the hell black people speak to uh, invite Fidel Castro to speak at a black church? It's our church. We can invite whoever we want. But black people like Russell, like, why? Uh, and these were black people, middle class, working class, but he just was. He, they, 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 he got a better welfare program. So suddenly we're on welfare now. This is what I'm talking about. They don't know who we are because they've created this fake black man in America, fascism on Nizzle, you know, that we're rapping, basketball slamming, just go along with anything. And they don't understand there's real black men in this country. They're starting to question everything about America and its existence. You take $1.4 trillion from us a year that we earn, and we get nothing in return. You send us to fight your wars. You know? You, ta- you, you, you tax us. Propaganda about us. Most of the propaganda or the negativity you see about black America, two types of things they see about black America. One, people like our music and everything like that, but they don't really like us. They, the stereotypes about black America being lazy, violent, and everything like that, it's perpetuated by the American media deliberately. America used to go out there and tell uh, uh, the Vietnamese women that black men are really monkeys and they got tails and all stuff like this, you know. This is America that tells you to salute their flag. This is America that wanted to put Muhammad Ali in jail for basically saying, I don't want to fight for your country. On one hand, you put us in the back of the bus and then say, go back in the country. Rod, Rod, Robert Sterling, Roger Sterling, I think his name was, the Twilight Zone said said this back in there. He was a very, very smart man, the man the, of the Twilight Zone. He said, no country that, uh, a country that discriminates against somebody can't call itself a just country. And he said also, you can't send somebody to war to fight for a country that, uh, that discriminates, and that's unjust. 
America condemned for that. So America didn't change its thing because they loved it so much, because it was trying to correct itself in the eyes of the world. How do you have segregation? So the segregation and all that was going to end regardless of whether we had Martin Luther King or not. Because America was basically, that's why people say, we got rid of all these laws. Why are you so complaining? These laws were just America to cover itself. Look, we have slavery. But look, now these guys can eat a Woolworths counter. They can eat and uh, ride the front of the bus and everything. That wasn't done for us. That was done to cover their ass. Because America was fighting an ideology war with the with the Soviets and the, and the communists. And if, 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 if racism uh, was the uh, face of America, then most of the world would reject America. So America had to do this. You understand? They had to do this. We didn't really need the communists. We didn't need the Jews. America was going to do this regardless. So we're back to ourselves. Let America defend itself. And then then uh, history will judge America. But we cannot rely on uh, the good graces of white people changing and America changing or Jews changing. We have to build things for ourselves. We have to learn to love ourselves. We have to learn to get along with each other as a black people. You know, everybody else is basically resigned to the fact that this idea of race and culture really is something real. We see it playing out in Los Angeles. The Latinos on code, they don't care about no black, brown coalition, all that kind of nonsense, that communist nonsense. This is like all people of color. This is like queers, blacks, and everybody on some rainbow flag. That does not work. It doesn't even work with the LGBTQ because they're all about themselves. You got LGBTQ being accused of discriminating against black LGBTQs and straight people. They're building their own LGBTQ communities now. Nobody gives a damn about your rainbow, black, brown, and non-binary, whatever the hell uh, some 21-year-old kid, knucklehead kid at Berkeley University came up with. Speaking of which, I saw this one uh, video the other day where this one girl, white girl, she looked like she could have been a radical leftist. I could tell them a mile away. Radical, crazy, wild-eyed leftists and everything. You know, they're the worst. These white girls who are just radicalized and everything. They're the most dangerous people in the world. A white girl who's radicalized against the system is the most dangerous thing. Uh, thing. That person will blow you up, shoot you, whatever. They're, they're the most radical thing. When, when women are radicalized, see what they did with Patty Hearst, right? When women are turned out and radicalized and everything, they believe in these causes and everything. Look at the women who killed for Charles Manson. They're dangerous. So anyway, this girl was sitting there saying, that she's an ex-vegan. I said, let me, I was going to scroll past. I said, let me listen to this. Let me see what this, this young girl got to say, you know. She said she was an ex-vegan. She said when, I, when she was a vegan, all she did was judge people, eat meat, judge people. I, she goes, I would go and attack people for being Christian and everything. And I hated their religion. I wanted to destroy their religion. And I was just so full of hate and everything at the world. And then I realized the problem wasn't the Christians. The problem was the people eating meat. The problem was me. You know? And now I learned to love people, accept people for what they are, and start judging people. Do you understand where the college genesis is going with this? Do you understand why I'm the chief host of the Voice of the College Nation radio show? Do you understand why I say the things that uh, uh, you hate, uh, you love to hate, 
but uh, uh, you love to listen to. You understand why God put the Collagenesis on this earth? You know? It's, so, therefore, this is what we're talking about, folks. Keep your mouth, just not speak it. Not sing it. Not see la la. Whoa, whoa, oh, yeah. We say fun, fun, silly day. Yeah. I love that girl, I love that girl for He said, I love that girl for And I'm in love with the three of them. How can I really support them? Laden, whose doors let me borrow, whose doors let me lend. We even make love with my best friend. And I'm like a big evil lion then. Not even Daniel gets a school like them. Laden, they used to go to Arden. Now only that you went there. I told them it's me wrong of the end. And now it's water past the end. Laden, those words let me borrow. Those words let me lend. They even make up with my best friend. And I'm like a big insult lion then. Not even Daniel just a sin like them. When they laden, when they laden, when they laden, when they laden. Colonization show. I'm the chief host, the Collagenesis. And tonight, uh, we want to conclude with this. I said earlier, right, back in the days, we had the Professor Griff, anti Semitic remarks, right? You have Flavor Flav acting a fool. People said he's a fool, the fool. We're embarrassed by him and everything like that, you know. 
We had Eazy-E. We had the Rise of Gangster Rap and all stuff like this. Professor Giff gets canceled, not just by the media, but by Public Enemy itself, right? And this guy, Hank Shockley, was like, yo, a producer, say, yeah, it's about the money. And then uh, 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 Russell Simmons, like, you know, yeah, uh, he ought to progress all those Jews, help black people and everything. And then Professor Griff called uh, 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 Russell Simmons a hand bone and a shine. <coughs> and nevertheless, Griff was gone. You know, basically, career collapse and everything. He does a lot of stuff on YouTube and everything to this day and everything, but he never recovered, you know. And he tried to make a comeback with this. It ain't about the Benjamin and stuff like that, but the culture changed. You know, we didn't need the culture said we don't need public enemy anymore. It's all about the Benjamins culture and uh, uh, booty, Cristal, and all that. So that was that. They, I could have saw that coming. You know, that's why I said I could never get into anything where uh, my I got to compromise my views for my bread and butter. You know, my views are my views. My bread and butter I make some other way. You know, because I know I can never get rich on saying what I say with the Collagenesis, Right? It'll never happen. You know, it'll never happen. So here we go, 32 years later, and we have the same situation. You have Puff Daddy and all these other people putting out the worst kind of vile culture. You look at BET Awards and everything. Uh, the last BET Award was an abomination. Uh, somebody who says a, it's to the point where Professor Dr. Phil Valentine commented, it was like, my God, that's how it, even, even when you got these conscious dudes, that normally don't get involved in the culture wars. They're saying, what the hell is going on in black America? Black America is completely embarrassed by what we have, but they're not getting canceled. Who gets canceled? Kanye West. Removed from all social media platforms and all this stuff like this, you know, because he said something. Instead of taking the time to say, well, what he said about Jews and the Jews in the music industry, right? Which is a cabal. Jews are the only group of people that are protected by their religion when they're doing secular stuff, they're doing criminal stuff. And it's like to the point where back in the day, they had Jewish gangsters and whatnot. You know, oh, you're prosecuting uh, 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 Meyer Lansky and, 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 uh, and uh, Murder Incorporated. This is a Jew, anti-Jewish conspiracy and everything. So you can't hide behind your Jewishness to do wrong. You cannot hide behind your Jewishness for personal gain, for grip, and all the stuff like this. And this is what people are talking about. You got people, basically, uh, Clive Davis, all these people that are super, super duper rich, you know, do underhanded stuff. But the whole thing is if you talk about them, right, Harvey Weinstein, you know, I'm surprised he didn't say that his, uh, his uh, prosecution was something anti-Semitic. I'm surprised he didn't call Winona Ryder, not Winona, Ashley Judge. I'm surprised he didn't call her an anti-Semite. That's what you have going on. And Kanye only pointed that out. A lot of that stuff was basically just went above your head. Now, another point is, a lot of people say, Kanye, you're just a musician. You shouldn't talk about this at all. Well, who's going to talk about it? Nobody's stepping up saying stuff like that. what needs to be said. If Kanye has money and everything like that, does he not pull the... Like I said, in other words, basically, they're saying you're a billionaire, now be quiet. Where you got um, George Soros is openly using his billions to undermine the United States. 
says certain things. Warren Buffett, when you ask him, uh, Warren Buffett, a billionaire has what? Bill Gates is a billionaire trying to depopulate the world, trying to come up with things. But he's not being canceled. You have no smoke for Bill Gates. You have no smoke for George Soros. You have no smokes for Enron. Now Enron, uh, uh, back in the days, who took uh, who took billions of dollars from the Texas and California uh, 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 taxpayers in energy. You have no smoke for these guys. You have no smoke for uh, uh, what's it called? Fusion, whatever, like that, uh, or Deep Water Horizon, whatever. That spilled all that oil in the Gulf of Mexico. You have no smoke for these billionaires and millionaires and stuff like this. But everybody's sitting there throwing Kanye West under the bus. Donald Sterling said some uh, anti-black stuff and everything like that. I think he's still owner of the Clippers. You had no smoke for that. There was no black, black, oh yeah, whatever like that. But there was nobody out there saying... I'm going to stop seeing the Clipper game. I'm not going to boycott the Clipper franchise. I'm going to boycott the NBA because this guy is out there saying racist stuff and whatnot, and his black players didn't walk off the team. But yet you got you got uh, sports apparel distances of Kanye West. What is it about black men 32 years later and we're still cowards? We're still basically we want to be on that red carpet. We still bought into America. What's the price? What's the what's the price? Of, what's a, a profit a man to gain the world but lose his soul? Is that being on that red carpet really that important, Jay Z? Is basically having a zero zero point one zero a percent of a friggin' MLFL team really all that and have and a box seat really all that, Jay Z? I'll rock with Kanye. Because at least he says what he says, right? And he's willing to risk it all. Then look at these people who play it safe. Playing it safe is not always right. Maybe something good could come out. Maybe we could examine our relationship with these people. Why are people uh, are profiting off our death and destruction on the airways? Why is the fallout, the black fallout in music and everything, why is our culture the only one being degraded in music and everything? While some another race of people are profiting off it. These are questions that Kanye was asking, and I asked. And behind it all is always these financial Jews. Let's have a new name for them. The financial Jews. Not the Orthodox Jews, not the Jews minding his business. These monetary Jews, you know that own everything, that own a lot of stuff, that disproportionately own a lot, have a lot of influence in black media, black culture, black sports, black entertainment. So what did you have to do with it? Because they basically, like John Sir laid out, Jews stick together. So if you have your own investment clubs and you're trading with each other and you only let Jews in, we could also, we could call you simply a Jew. If you exclude other people and have your own corporate agency and, and stuff like that based on your Jewish heritage and everything, we can basically finger you as a Jew. But if you have a situation where you're by yourself and you just happen to be Jewish, that's another thing. But if you're part of a cabal of Jews and you're doing things right consistently all the time, the same pattern, yes, people can call you out. There's a cabal of Jews 
that's involved in black entertainment. That's not too hard to figure out. That's not being anti-Semitism. If you are part of a cabal and you're doing certain things, you have you deserve to be called out on it. Now, if you're doing, if you just have to be Jewish and you're a business person and you don't have any connections with any sort of Jewish uh, 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 network or something like that or cabal, then that's another thing. Then you could say, uh, I'm being discriminated because I'm Jew because I'm not part of a Jew. But if you're part of a cabal, yes, people can't call that a cabal out because you're working in concert with people who are like faith and like mind and everything to crush other people who are not like you. That's only fair. If you see Chinese, they working together and everything, you won't hesitate to say, look, these Chinese are buying up everything. Look, these Chinese, look what they're doing, you know? Same thing with Italians. Oh, Italians. You know, he must be with the mafia and everything like that. No one, everyone basically will judge people just by their ethnic group and what they do. But no one accuses black people of that because black people don't work as a cabal and conspire in against anybody. We don't do that. There's no, there's, uh, you can't even get Tyler Perry and Spike Lee in the same room. They know we're not going to work together on a large scale. As, as a thing. Every last single mogul you see, Dr. Dre, uh, P. Diddy, 50 Cent, they all have white and Jewish partners. There's no black consortium controlling anything in the entertainment world. None. The closest may be Byron Allen, but I, he's not a black. He's by himself. He's an individual. I don't know who his partners are. But it's definitely not a black consortium. Or some sort of black conspiracy or some black goulage. The only people in America that that has that based on their religion or cult, whatever we call it, are the Jews. And so therefore, when they get called on it, uh, they basically know that that's a lot of power. They get away with stuff every, no one else can get away with. Why you as an ethnic group sticking together to exclude other people and then conspire in concert with, uh, uh, to dominate certain things based solely on your ethnic group. Anybody else we call a racist. And that's what Kanye West was simply talking about. It had nothing about, there was no hate towards Jews. You know, it was just basically stating a fact. Now, several other people have said that over the years. They weren't canceled. Recently, Dave Chappelle said the same thing. He wasn't canceled. But then again, Dave Chappelle's a comedian. We laugh. Oh, hi, Dave. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Bottom line, Jews even say it. Oh, man, you know, they make light of this stuff. You know, Jews with money and stuff like that, you know? And the people have been saying that for years. You know, Jews run Hollywood and they run this, they run that, you know? They run a lot of gambling and casinos and stuff like that. They sports betting and stuff like that a lot of usury banking and stuff like that people that's been a running joke in america for generations about jewish money and power i remember one time on college i was studying the uh the nazis what made them tick right and uh i'm not gonna say what i was about to say but um what i found out was interesting where the nazis were like 
the Jews are very organized here in Europe, right? They resound to they resign to ghettos and everything like that. Ghettos just mean the is a Jewish term. That means the place where anything goes, the social order is loose and everything like that. Slums. Ghetto doesn't necessarily mean slums. It means just a place where uh, where the undesirables live. Okay. And what the Germans did was said was that unlike other groups of people, right? The Germans, right? If they wanted to be real Germans. How come we don't see no Jewish farmers? How come we don't see no Jewish peasant in the peasantry? They all merchants, and they all deal fine. Well, that's what Jews normally do. They go into a country, right, and they get involved in the trade and finance, you know, and anything dealing with money. So that puts them disproportionately in white collar industries, money industries, and everything, because that's what they focus on. So the Germans said that's not fair. They're not trying to become part of Germany. They're pa- they're a parasite class. You know they control banking, they control importing, they control all the stuff like that. And they also the thing they said was they basically have a lot of influence in media, which is what they do in America too. Jews control New York Times, Arthur Sourceberger. You know they call Pinchy Sourceberger of the New York Times and everything. You know, they control news like the New York Times and everything, uh, uh, the Wall Street Journal. Uh, I think it was by Rupert Murdoch, you know, Wall Street Journal was by Rupert Murdoch. But a long time ago, by Jewish uh, businessmen, you know. And these aren't Jews that basically see wearing yarmulkes, right? They're Jews, they're financial Jews. They're Jews in that cabal to win and gain power and money. What What is their purpose in endgame? We don't know. Maybe the Jews are, uh, I, I can't say, uh, looking at the black community, what the, how they control the black music industry, anything good came out of it, right? But the Jews have always controlled the music industry and Hollywood. A lot of good came out of Hollywood and everything like that by the Jews. So could it be that their relationship with us is based on the reality or the situation that we find ourselves in? You have people ready to poison all people with dirty lyrics, and all Jews doing is just pay, uh, giving us what they think we want, or they think the world wants to see of us. They can say, "Hey, look, you know, you guys want to put the the Jews got Cohen said this said that exact words. He said, "Look, I'm just here to make money. You know, I don't care about Young Thug and all stuff like that." And they, and and uh, and, uh, and Guard asked him, "Look at the interview." He said, don't you think all the stuff that you're putting out there? He said, look, I'm here to make money. And somebody comes to me and says, okay, I'm going to put this out and everything. F this, you're a bitch, this, like that. And it, I have no, nothing to do with that. That's not my responsibility. I'm a business person. And it's rightfully so. So can we blame the Jews all the time for our problems? No. But what we can do is identify that these people are ready to do this stuff. And a thing, and they teach, and if we stop them now, right, that's going to deter the next group of people who think they're going to uh, ride on black, the black pain, misery, and ignorance, and get rich off it. I do believe that relationship has to die. You know, the idea of some homeboy from the hood, one day and the next day he's rich, eating. And Spark Steakhouse with Jews and everybody else 
uh, putting out doing their bidding. Uh, the, the, the days of the 50 cent is gone. The, the days of people putting out death and destruction in our, into our culture and everything like that, conspiring or not conspiring, just basically getting what, what white Jews and telling, oh, that's all right, because I got the street cred and everything like that. And Jews say, okay, yeah. That's why all these people, Jay-Z and all these people, invited to these expensive parties and everything. They get red carpet cheating because they are doing the bidding of the people up on top. They decided a generation ago that to in order for us to keep uh, uh, power over black people, we have to put some of these black people in power, positions of power. We have to recruit people like Master P. You know, you know, Master P wasn't really uh, in it like that. You know, he was more independent, you know. But they said, if Master P doesn't want to play, we're going to create this thing, this group called Cash Money Records. And these guys are going to do our bidding for us. We're going to fund Bad Boy Records. We're going to fund Death Row Records. We're going to put these people up there because that's what the Negroes want is fame and money. They don't care about nothing about what they do. They don't care that we distribute everything and we make, we're making the real money while we're giving them uh, 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 the crumbs and everything. They don't care about that. These guys are going to rule over their own people. They have no... These the, the 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 rap moguls and the gangster rappers have no effect uh, on white America. White America is the biggest consumer of this stuff, but they consume it right to make it possible that it's the norm in Black America. Think about that. White people consume a lot of stuff. That's why I'm telling you right now, I never like the idea of white people, you know, being the major consumers or the major target market. Of our culture music. You can't make a, a song. Unless it plays out in the suburbs now. The suburbs is controlling. The black culture. And the white suburbs love this death and destruction. Because it's not them. And they sort of exaggerate. And exacerbate. Black culture in America. So you got white people. Using black people. To market death and destruction to white people, right? To the world, create a negative image of us, uh, make a whole bunch of money, right? And black American culture goes down in the process. So they win regardless. This is what Kanye West was talking about. But we didn't want to listen to him. We want to clown and joke him and everything instead of taking what he says seriously. But I don't think Kanye is going to go down like people think he is. All the money in the world is nothing if you don't have your soul. And Kanye West will bounce back. He'll regain his billionaire status. He'll do concerts. And then what are they going to do? That's why right now they want to write him off now. And get, oh, Kanye's gone, Kanye's gone, Kanye's this, Kanye's that. Have you thinking, because they know, unlike Jews, everybody else, when they come at, you come at one of them, you come at all of them. You come at somebody, black person, that person's on their own. They're on their own. You can't, oh, man, you know, 
I, I feel sorry for Kanye, man. Woo, man, Kanye, boy, he 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 don't get it now, you know. Master gonna get him, you know. You, you Kanye should know better. I think he knows better, but I think he b- believes what he had to say was so important that it had to be said. We in our culture don't understand that. Because we don't know what it's like to have power. Kanye has power. And he looks around and says, hey, look, why why is our culture going down? Why is our culture suffering? Why is our culture bleeding? Why is there so much negativity in black America? Simply asking questions. Anytime you can't ask ask a question. Anytime you get canceled for just speaking your mind. Now, somebody could be, come on there and say, Kanye, let's have a serious debate. That's what they do with white people. Let's have a debate. Let's talk about everything. Black people, how dare you? How dare you not be smiling all the time like she'll uh, kill Neil? How dare you, you know, basically uh, be like Mike? How dare you don't be like 50, you know, 50, 50, you know, got so much smoke for other black men, but you never seen 50 in a beef with a white person. Never. Never seen 50 in a beef with a white person. Never once. The only beef 50 is allowed to have is with other black people. The bullying and the stuff like that with other black people. And that's what this is all about. Us turning our attention away from each other towards other people who are doing us wrong. You can talk about the black people all you want. But the moment you start talking about them, you will be destroyed. This has been College Genesis, the chief host of the Voice of the College Nation radio show. I'll be back next week. Same college time, same college channel. You have a good night.